We got a Renaissance man preaching today, Justin Shackle. He's a beekeeper and also he's a teacher. He's an elder on the board and he is going to bring an amazing word of God. So let's give it up for Justin Shackle. Check our on. That's a that's a wonderful. I think that might be the best introduction I've ever had. Uh, that's right. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is awesome to see everyone. I, I got to tell you, before I start here, this message today, this passage today, is really for me. Okay. Um, so my, you might connect with it a little bit, but this is really my message. Okay. Uh, I've I've definitely had battles over the last couple of months. And what you're hearing today is my thought process um, and God speaking through my thoughts and just creating clarity, okay? And so all you're getting today is just my, 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 my personal thought process and you guys get to sit back and enjoy and uh, hopefully it speaks to some of you guys uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so as we begin today... I was going to have, if we weren't practicing physical distancing like appropriate people we should be doing, um, I was going to have us get up, I was going to have us pick a side, okay? Um, but I can't do that. So you're going to have to just kind of participate by show of hands. I am a classroom teacher, so I do the show of hands thing a lot, all right? And so this works. So I got three pictures for you. The first picture I got for you, um, these are three, if you are married, or living with a significant other, or some way, shape, or form, um, these are some issues that you may experience. Okay, and so just for you two, just you know, you two, yeah, you and Chase. Not pointed the wrong two. This, this may come up. Okay, all right. Um, so first picture, you got me. All right. Which one are you? Are you a crust eater? I eat the full pizza, or are you a, eh, I just eat the good stuff and I leave the crust. So if you're a crust eater, okay, if you are not a crust eater, raise your hand. No? Okay. Come on. Grow up. You're 22 years old. All right. Next one. This, is, this one's legit. Are you a squeezer or are you a roller? Okay? If you are a squeezer, raise your hand. There's something wrong with you people. If you are a roller, yes, you got to maximize the most out of that tube toothpaste. Alright, the last one, this is really, comp like, this, this one is it. Overrunner. Are you a bearded fellow or are you a mullet? I already know what Crawford is. I already know. Which one are you? Are you the over? Are you the under, the behind, the mullet? Oh, a couple, a couple. Man, oh man, some, some issues in the household, right? If you've never thought about it, you're welcome. You guys can now complain about it over the next however many years you are living together, right? All joking aside, guys, lately, uh, it seems that everywhere I turn, everywhere I look, every news feed that I scroll through, every person I talk to, I'm bombarded with views and opinions. I don't know if that's um, you guys or not. And I have to be honest, a lot of what I see and a lot of what I hear coming from people is very negative, very divisive, right? So I'm going to highlight a couple of these. Republicans and Democrats, and they're two very different polar opposites. It's a top, that's a hot topic right now. Pro-mask, anti-mask, racial tensions, vegans, 
Meat eaters! <laughs> we have a generation of people who are willing, or, or sorry, sorry, sorry. We have a generation of people who are calling for acceptance, but cannot be accepting to other people. We have a society that begs for tolerance, but can't tolerate difference of opinions. I hear a lot of people saying, it's time that we start having real hard conversations. It's time that we start looking at some hard truths and talking about it. But when the time comes for that conversation, we refuse to listen to the person we're trying to talk to. In fact, the other day, I kid you not, I'm sitting in Tremont writing this sermon about division. And a group of young adults come in, six of them, they come into Tremont, they sit down, they embrace each other, you know, big loving hug, they look like they haven't seen each other for a couple months, right? So they come in, they give each other a hug, they sit down, 45 minutes goes by, two of them gets up and leaves. Very heated. Something in the last 45 minutes of their conversation, from the time that they hugged to the time that those two left, something triggered, I'll use that word, triggered some people that they had to get up and leave. I can only imagine. The conversation went somewhere south, and the, other, and the two that had to get up and leave just could not take it. They could not listen to the other side. And the other four friends were sitting there like, what just happened? Have you been in that position? Another example, I have a friend. Many of you know this friend. But I have a friend, a great friend, loving husband. From what I've personally witnessed, a good father, a believer in Jesus, and just downright a nice guy. Definitely nicer than me a lot of the times. And a few months ago, this friend used his personal social media platform to post his personal view on the whole mass debate. How dare he use his personal things to post a personal opinion? Yeah, there's, yeah. Okay. Guess what happened? The floodgates of hate started rolling in. You already know, the floodgates of hate started rolling in. My friend was called every name in the book, verbally attacked for having a difference of opinion. How dare you, as a Christian, you sit there and you think that, whoa, whoa, slow your roll. I just got an opinion. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here but the floodgates of hate start rolling in. I spoke to my friend not too long ago, about a month ago, actually. He said it perfectly. He said, I can take the verbal heat. I can take, that, that's fine. The worst experience was that he lost friends over a view. Not just Facebook acquaintances. We all know the difference between Facebook acquaintances and friends, right? He lost friends over a view. And how sad is it that we as a society have become so self-absorbed, so disengaged with those around us that we are willing to sacrifice love for one another over a viewpoint. And you know, the people who say, you can just unfriend me now if you don't agree with me. You've seen that. Regardless of your personal opinion, your personal perspective, your personal experiences, if you don't agree with what I have to say, just unfriend me. I don't want anything to do with you. 
We would rather give up love for people in order to hold on to a viewpoint that's set. And obviously, I can go on and on and on with extreme examples. But if any of this sounds familiar, and it, you're probably like me, you're probably just tired. And I have this in my, my journal. I, I just, I'm just tired. And I, I listed off five of the things that, I, that I'm tired of. I'm tired of virtue signaling. I'm tired of indifference. I'm tired of division. I'm tired of hostility in every facet of life. I'm tired of hate. And let's call it what it is. I'm tired of people who are willingly giving themselves over to their fleshly desires. I'm tired of a sin-damaged world. And worse yet, I'm just tired of people on both sides of the spectrum weaponizing biblical truth out of context to validate their hate. You may have experienced this. If you were a Christian, you would be doing blank. Or if you were a Christian, you wouldn't be doing blank. That is weaponizing the gospel truth to, in order to fit my perspective. In Galatians 5, Paul addresses believers who are starting to turn to this very same thing. It's called a legalistic point of view. Paul reminded believers in Galatia that they were called to freedom, only not to use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. You've all heard it over the last couple of months. I'm just going to leave it there. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. In verse 16, Paul urges believers to walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you do or that you want to do. As believers in Christ, we have been given the freedom to walk boldly in truth and keeping in line with the Spirit, which enables us to discern between a godly worldview and an earthly worldview. Keeping in line with the Spirit allows us to focus on loving our neighbor, people over opinions. Keeping in line with the flesh allows us to focus on opinions over people. And I don't, want, I don't know about you, but I'm going to focus on people. If you continue reading in Galatians 5, Paul provides a list of fleshly desires. He doesn't leave you empty-handed. He just doesn't make a statement and then leaves it blank. He tells you exactly what the fleshly desires are. Characteristics like enmity which is strongly opposed or hostile towards one another. Strife, angry and bitter, fits of anger, dissensions, which is dis disagreements and discord, divisions and rivalries. And you know what? I find it interesting that that is our natural default, that Paul addresses that that's our natural default. And it's our current default as well in our society. Over serving one another through love, we rather oppose each other. Over loving our neighbors as ourselves, we rather devour each other, as Paul says. And you know what? I think it's time for a new normal. Uh-oh, I probably just like 
triggered some people. I, you can't say new normal. Yeah, it's time for a new normal. I think it's time for the big C church. I think it's time for Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Those who reside under the banner of Jesus Christ to take a stand and start changing a narrative. And it's time for us at Abundant Life and as the Big C Church, people under the banner of Jesus Christ, it's time for us to start coming together. Stop weaponizing the gospel. In John 13, Verses 34 and 35, right after Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, he gives them a new charge. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I'm going to pause right there. I have not done this very well for many years. Okay? It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But did you hear what, what uh, John says? He says, They will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It does not say, They will know you are my disciples by the way you vote. It does not say they will know you are my disciples by the number of Facebook or Instagram or any other social media platform argument you have. It does not say they will know you are my disciples by the number of verses you have memorized or the puffed up biblical knowledge that you have. That's dangerous. They also, it also doesn't say you will know, they will know that you are my disciples by your personal views on societal issues. It doesn't say that you will, they will know you are my disciples by the amount of pride you have in your country. Listen, those last two are very important. The personal views on societal issues, that's where we start weaponizing the gospel. That's when we start saying, if you were a believer in Christ, you would do X, Y, or Z. If you were a believer in Christ, you would do this. You wouldn't do that. Whoa, back up. Or the second one, the amount of pride you have in your country, there's a very dangerous line here, okay? We have a lot of people in our society that are backing hate by the gospel. I'm American. I think that we should, you know, whatever. There's a, there's a fine line between nationalism and pride and love for your country over pride and love for people. I don't know about you, I, I reside under the flag of the United States, love this country, but I also reside under a bigger flag and a bigger banner, and that's of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's my first flag and banner, first one. Any scri and scripture, if you look at scripture enough, it certainly opposes the notion of, of loving only those people who love you, because I think that's what we tend to do. But in Luke 6, 35 and 36, it says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Are, are we kind to the ungrateful and wicked? Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So if you're sitting here today, and you're, or you're listening online, Please, I'm begging you guys, please, lay down your weapons. Whatever those weapons are. 
Lay down, drop the division. Repent from the hate. And start bridging that gap. I beg you guys, it's time for us as a church, as a body of believers under the banner of Jesus Christ to start coming together. And the only way that can happen is through genuine, authentic love for one another. You want to start having real hard conversations with people? Start building relationship with people. Because that's the only way you're going to have those hard conversations. Right? I don't know about you, but I've never, ever witnessed somebody being blasted on social media just turn around and say, oh, you're right. I was wrong. How foolish am I? No. When that happens, we just build up walls and we start going at it, right? Division, division, division. That is our natural default. The only way to break that is through genuine, authentic love for one another, to build relationship with one another. And you might be saying, Justin, look, I get it. I hear you. I hear you. It makes sense. But how do I even start this? You know, the great thing about Scripture is that it's never short of provision of answers. And And the starting line lies, I think, within a proper mindset. And I think about Ephesians chapter 4, which provides a great perspective. I certainly challenge you guys to go to the book of Ephesians, turn to chapter 4, and read it every day for the next week, two weeks. I'm not going to read all of it here today, but I'm going to read most of it. But starting at verse 1, it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in Love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. If you jump down to verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. That's where we weaponize the gospel. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who was the head into Christ. From the whole, uh, sorry, into Christ from the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And there's a whole section here I'm going to jump, but I'm going to jump down towards the end here. Paul concludes chapter 4 by saying this, let all bitterness, wrath, Anger, clamor, slander, be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. It's definitely time to change the narrative, and I'm going to keep it real simple. Shane and Mary, I don't know if you attended church last week or even watched, but Shane and Mary wore a shirt last last week that says, Love God, love people. That's the simple version People over personal gain. People over personal perspective. People over personal opinions. Unity over division. Love 
over hate. Ramble off, Martin Luther King Jr. quote, love can only drive out hate, right? I butchered it, but. Now is time that we as a church body should be bridging the gap in our society. It's time for our church to come together and it's more than just being civil with one another. True reconciliation, true bridging the gap, true coming together can only take place when it's done from a personal position of love. But I am going to quote uh, something from Mother Teresa, something that she adapted from another um, <clears throat> poet. But, the, but her poem goes like this. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Yeah. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it's between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. And when I read that, I, I see love all over that. Let's just make it simple. People are hard to love in many circumstances. Love them anyway. That's our call. It doesn't say we only love people that love us. We just read that's opposite. Love people anywhere. Start bridging the gap. Try, start coming together. It's time for us in little old Masson, Ohio, to start being an example of Christ and, his, and our calling that he's called us to have. Let's pray. Heavenly okay, Father, Lord, thank you um, for allowing me to think. And Lord, thank you for using my thoughts um, just, just to bring your word, to bring your love, Lord. May we constantly be reminded that we are to love one another over all else, over our personal opinions, over our personal perspective, over our, let's just call it what it is, our nationalist belief. Lord, may we love people the way that you loved us. And when things do get challenging, and when things do get heated, Lord, may we always be, re be remembered that you are greater than all this world. You've overcome this world and everything in it. In your name we pray. Amen.